Did you know we're now available on Apple Podcasts? Exciting, huh? If you're heading there or listening to this via Podbean, please make sure you give us a like or a share. It all helps spread the word about this wonderful industry of ours. Thanks. Hello and welcome to this, the ARC360 podcast, brought to you in association with corporate partners BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response, and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialists, Indasa, the Innovation Group, and Prasco. Hi everybody, I'm Mark Hadaway, and on this episode of the ARC360 podcast, we catch up with Aidan McCarran, Managing Director at Autotech Group, who tells us about the group's evolution, how the business is putting people first, and how 2020 has provided challenge and opportunity in equal measure. He also talks about how cleaning trucks was his first foray into the sector, the increasing challenges posed by vehicle crime, and importantly, how sharing information with peers is proving invaluable in the battle against this. Oh, and let's not forget his recent footballing injury nightmare and how the words of Richard Branson stick with him in business every day. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Okay, so welcome along, everybody, to the ARC 360 podcast. I'm here with Aidan McCarran, a Managing Director of Autotech Group today. Hi, Aidan. How are things? Not too bad. Hello, Mark. Thanks for having me on, on air. Absolute pleasure, my friend. And uh, we've obviously had a little catch up before we've come on air today, but it's been great uh, reconnecting with you, I suppose. It's been a few years since I last visited the Autotech site down there in uh, Slough. And I know a lot's yeah. changed since then. And for those who in the industry who, who don't know yourself, the first thing to do is obviously give us a, give a bit of an introduction to yourself, your career path to date. And of course, I probably should stroke shouldn't mention that not so successful return to, to playing football that you've had in the last uh, few months. Thanks for that. Um, I started out, like most, as a, a apprentice painter years ago. Obviously, I'm not from not from here, uh, from from Northern Ireland. Started out and uh, worked for Jim Porter, Porter's Body Shop over in Portadown. Fantastic family business, a lot of manufacturer approvals. Done a few different roles there. I suppose wanted to progress as, as a manager, really. So moved on to a company called Shelburne Motors for a couple of years and then took some time out, uh, moved away to Brazil for a bit. And then on my return, decided to come come to England. A friend of mine worked for Solis, got me a job in there. I really enjoyed it, really. It was a fantastic company, great setup great training and learned a lot in my time there. Had a spell at DWS and TCW and before coming to speaking to Duncan Leftley, who owns Autotech and coming to work for Duncan as a manager in an operational role. Autotech, Duncan had set it up back in the year 2000. It's a, a fantastic business. <laughs> that sounds like a good place to be, my friend. Now, first and foremost, I've got to ask, what got you into the industry in the first place? I suppose I was born into it in a way. My dad was a haulage contractor. So after schooling on weekends, I was just, um, you know, started off cleaning his trucks, overnight the trucks, washing all the trucks. So whenever, whenever his, I sort of learned alongside his, his uh, painter and panel beater, I suppose I took over from him at a, at a young age, really sort of doing it dad's trucks then I was doing his friend's trucks then I was doing diggers and everything else and by the time I left school I'd already been doing body work because I've been doing it from from a young age and uh, I suppose when I went to college actually I wanted to do the mechanical option but I couldn't get into the course I wanted I suppose I'm here by mistake I suppose <laughs> I got it that way but um, happy that it happened and um, happy that I'm 
I'm here. I suppose as, as for the return to football, thanks for mentioning that. Obviously went went to five side, played very well, might I say. I suppose towards the end, I had a bit of an incident where I ruptured my Achilles tendon. In fact, I ripped it in half. So I had to go to the hospital the next day and then get an operation to get it put back together again. So um, it's been a difficult seven weeks not being able to walk properly and having to use crutches and having to rely on people for a lift. Ouch, there'll be a lot of people wincing right now as you regale that story and probably a lot of people looking at their boots and shin pads hanging up and thinking, hmm, maybe I might not make that return. It's not worth it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, mechanicals loss is uh, the body repair industry's gain from uh, from years ago. So uh, great little story and insight into uh, into how you got into all of this. And I'm sure there's very familiar stories that the industry over. So tell us a little bit more about the Autotech Group, how it's evolved over the years. And I've already sort of mentioned that I came down to see a, a site of yours uh, some years ago now, five, six years ago. I'm sure it probably was maybe even more. Yeah. Um, and what does the current business model stroke work mix look like and what are the influences really? So yeah, it just gives a little insight into the business. Autotech was set up by Duncan Lafley, who's the owner, back in 2000. You know, it it's, was based in Slough and uh, slowly become from one site to five sites around Slough. Highwickham, Reading, around those areas. It's been, it's done work for a lot of different work providers over the years. And, you know, it's a, it's been a fantastic family business, family orientated, very people orientated. It has had some change over this past sort of three or four years with strategy, really. So we moved one of our sites in Slough to to Taplow whenever we purchased the Parkford's business and we combined those two businesses into one. We also moved so the Sly site that you come come to visit us at a few years ago. So we closed that site and moved into a larger facility and, and closed another site that we had, a small site, a fantastic little site, very productive for the size of it. But from a strategy point of view, we decided just to have one larger facility and put all of that work in into the one business, really. So we're now four sites. We've got manufacturer approvals as well, Volkswagen, Volvo, Nissan. You know, Volkswagen has been good for us. We've invested in it. We get a lot of work through it. The training's great. Yes, there's quite a bit of investment in it. But I think as everyone knows, it's it's quite a high standard to maintain. And it helps us to achieve those high standards, you know, with our VM approvals as well as BSI and so on. We've great support from our, our manufacturer approvals. Steve Plunkett from Volvo sends us lots of information and been really helpful with getting us into, you know, what, what haven't been, been great necessarily at social media and things like that. So we're in a new world now. So, you know, Steve's been great with that and just feeding us full of information of anything that's helpful to us, which has been good. You know, we just want to be a, a sustainable business that delivers for its work providers and our customers. We just want to provide fantastic fantastic customer service and just keep delivering for our customers and our work providers. We have high standards and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we've got a lot of work providers, you know, from Esure and Aegeus, Tesco, we've got Vision, AGL, Norg, and lots of work providers that we look after. And, you know, we've, a couple of years ago, we opened our Autotech Academy. So we have Jackie Jones, who's our head of people development, who worked within Solus and within DWS. And um, she now works for us heading up our academy. So her job is to develop our people, work with our people. That's key, really, you know, from, from induction to training uh, to make sure that 
we're bringing bringing our people on really and how many people have you got in the business at the moment Aidan? We're, we're sitting at 90 at the moment and that's a lot of people to manage and, and great to hear that you've got that academy structure in place and i'm sure we'll hear more about that in a moment or two in terms of the work mix lots of different contracts uh, going on there and it's obviously clear that you've kind of aimed to please an awful lot of people and you know you're not over reliant on anyone for too much work which perhaps you know the industry has, has discovered perhaps the hard way in, in the past so yeah nice nice little makeup of work there and now in terms of uh, the business, you've already mentioned the academy, you've mentioned obviously a few things in terms of family business and, and very focused on the, on the people. But every sort of business repairer has its own genetic makeup, for want of a better term, which makes it successful. What would you class as the key aspects that make Autotech a success? Well, for us, really, it's, it's mainly down to people and developing the people and working with the people and having the right peoples and process, you know, making sure that we have got good processes and technology, really. You know, it's it's we work very closely with Autoflow. You know, we've got big screens in our offices, you know, that we've been trailing in, in, in our Tableau brands where we've got all the information up there. Estimators can visually see on a screen what they've got to estimate. It's just flashed in front of them all the time. The same in the workshop where they're going to say what's to be stripped next, what's to be worked on next. So we've been working a lot on technology. Everybody has a tablet. The drivers have a tablet using Autoflow's checkmate. So everything's imaged, you know, all the da- any current damage, accident damage, everything's marked up on the tablet. All the images is taken, the customer signs for it, and it's been really good for us, really. And the customer gets an email with that document sent to them. So the business is as paperless as possible. So there's no, you know, getting the customer to sign it with a piece of paper and a pen. It's all done on the tablet. You know, even in, even in our workshops, every technician has a tablet. You know, they can clock on the job from the tablet. They can, they can look at the images. They can reattach the methods to the job on Autoflow and they can read it. And then Autoflow records that they've read it. So you can see that they're reading the methods and so on. Um, there's also electronic job cards, so you don't need to print the paperwork. So it's very much paperless, really. Technology, a big a big part, I suppose, and has been brought to the fore even more in, uh, in the past year or so. And so too as people. And uh, yeah, we've heard on the webinars, one doesn't work without the other. So uh, an interesting no. equation that you've got yes. set up there. Now, 2020 has been quite a challenge, and that's uh, arguably the understatement of the century there. But what difference has, the year, has this year made to Autotech Group? And how have you navigated your way through it? And, and what have you learned coming out, fingers crossed, the other side? It hasn't went as planned, <laughs> like like with that with everybody really. When sat down last year doing the budgets and plans for this year, a pandemic wasn't on the cards. We had a strong start to this year. We managed to finish off the first quarter strong, even though the pandemic started in in March. Very quickly, the work dropped off, didn't it? And we went from having plenty of work across all of the sites to only having enough work for one site, really. So we made a decision to, to temporarily close three of the, three of the four sites. Work was all directed into our Tableau branch. We put the other sites, all the staff, onto furlough. Before we closed the doors, we in, we made sure that every car was repaired and we got every car back to, to the customer. We didn't close the site, leaving customers' cars in there. We made sure we got the cars back, courtesy cars back. The guys stayed on basically until it was done. Then we had parts issues like most people did. The, the big dealer groups seemed to 
shut the doors on parts as well as showrooms and everything, which causes a lot of problems. But we managed to find a way around it. Source parts from elsewhere, it was quite difficult. It wasn't, wasn't easy and straightforward, but we got through it. It was good to see support coming through from the work providers. Straight away, we were getting COVID support. It came through in, in different guises and formats, whether it was a COVID charge or whether it was um, not having to give the work providers much discount on the parts, you know, and that's that uh, that made a difference. That helped us out. Some of it was quite varied. It was taken back too soon, I think. But overall, it was support and it was it was welcome and it was good that the work providers recognised that we we needed that support. It was it was great. I suppose we had our furlough, which helped us as well. I think without furlough, would would all be in a different place. And of course, there was there's rate support out there as well. But overall, it's been been a challenging year. You know, bringing people back from furlough was quite tough to send, you know, close sites and send people home. I think whenever we'd done it, we didn't expect it to be so long. I suppose nobody could have expected it, really. But it was good to get people back quite in, the, in those sites. They were closed for two months. We got people back from furlough and their attitude was fantastic. You know, they really, really put it in for us to, to try and help us out, to help get back on track. To They went the extra mile, really. Never forget that, you know, their, their attitude. The other thing with the work providers as well is, you know, they helped us with faster payment terms. So everything, or most of our work providers had, uh, we were paid within seven days, which was great. All in all, it's been challenging and it still is really, you know, it's we've got to the stage now where we're in a, a second lockdown. It doesn't seem as bad as the first one with people fighting over toilet paper and everything else. It's certainly up until last week, really, it Things were great. We had enough work, you know, plenty of work for, for the amount of people that we had. During the pandemic, we made a decision to to make some redundancies. So we went we went from 113 staff down to 90. We were able to get people into other positions within the company. We were able to work with the people that we made redundant, most of them to get them other positions in other body shops. And uh, even my, my wife employed one of our staff as well. I told her how good she was, she employed her. You know, we did work quite hard. It was difficult to make good people redundant, not something I ever want to do again. I think we handled that really well, you know, by trying to help get them other positions. But um, so yeah, we're in the second lockdown and um, you know, we're starting to see it's starting to tail off now. For, for months, the, the tailed about 50 to 60 percent of pre-COVID. It had went as, as high for us as seven, 75 up, up until 80 percent. But now we're starting to see that tail off, really. To let everyone know, recording this on the 18th of November. So we are kind of, you know, midway through, theoretically, the uh, lockdown 2.0. So uh, I think it's a, a theme from across the industry, Aidan, that you, you echo there. And I'm sure everyone will agree with you that this sort of uh, claim volume seem to be tailing off now. And that uh, work in progress was previously seen. It's starting to be worked through now. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the coming weeks. And we shall obviously be keeping tabs on that. In terms of, you know, let's say your takeaway from lockdown one, into lockdown two and beyond, you know, what, what's kind of in your armory now? Do you think you're more of an agile business, more adaptable to these things? And again, I think everyone's, you know, now juggling the flexi furlough scheme and almost taking a day-to-day -day look at staffing levels and what's needed. Do you think it adds something, a new dynamic to your business? Well, yeah, it's definitely been a big learning curve because 
It's never happened to us before, has it? We've never had anything like this. I suppose the way we run our businesses now, these Teams calls and Zoom calls is more frequent. It's not something we've we done a lot of before, but certainly we're doing a lot of it at the moment. We're, we're, we're quite strict at the moment with the COVID processes and making sure that we don't have any unnecessary visitors coming to sites. We try and do everything. Unless it's an emergency repair or so on, we'll have someone on site and follow the process while they're on site. But it's definitely changed the way we operate. Yeah, it's been an interesting some interesting changes really you know it's difficult sometimes to say when you're living through this and it's probably something i've, I've talked to many people about that you know we, we will be part of the the history books in years to come and it's only when retrospectively people are looking back will they be able to identify exactly how the world did change during this period but when you're actually in it i suppose all we're trying to do is navigate our way through it the best we can and, and those changes sometimes go unnoticed really yeah so in terms of the bigger picture if you like now you know you like many other business owners repairers out there have got your finger on the pulse and you can share information i know you talk to each other via various groups uh, and insights and talk to your peers about what's out there in the market at the moment and you mentioned something really interesting to me that i want to pick up on and it was uh, about sort of a catalytic converter claims or sort of spate of what should we say thefts that you're seeing at the moment which admittedly i thought was a crime that was long forgotten but not so as it may seem catalytic converter theft is is definitely on the up they're doing it in broad daylight. You know, you could be in your car. They just don't care, you know, and it, it's, to be honest, I, I don't even know if most of them get arrested for it or get punished for it. But it just seems to be on the rise. And I suppose, uh, you know, for, for us, we had made aware by a work provider of a new trend with cat thefts. So I suppose it's funny for us the way it happened because Asher sent us an email saying this is a new trend that's happening with cat theft, be aware of it. And sure enough, we had exactly the same issue outside with a different work provider. So whenever I read the email, someone told me we have that particular situation at the moment. And it was on a Lexus where the cat's been stolen. What they tend to do is slice where the, the door meets the wing, slice the the wires down there so where the wiring loom goes into the air post to disarm the alarm and sure enough we had one on site at the same time where a particular engineer for that work provider didn't say it was related so the the customer told the insurance company that my cat's been stolen but since the cat's been stolen the door locks aren't working and the engineer quite rightly questioned that because there's no visible damage from getting that piece of information we were able to look at the loom find that it had been cut inform the engineer that this is a trend and we got that resolved quite quickly and as well we also had a couple of cases in another site where Again, laxes, where the thieves had punctured the front grill on both sides, broke the front grill both sides, and disconnected the horns so that the alarm wouldn't go off. And again, that was probably a more obvious one, but certainly that where there's no visible damage on the other case where the loom is cut because it's just a gap between the wing and the door is sliced and you can't, you don't even see it unless you open the door, twist that cable around and have a closer look at it. You know, we've been, been sharing that information and, you know, as soon as we got it and as soon as we had those cases, we've been sharing that information with, with our other work providers and engineers and we put it on a platform with the JS and the body shops seen it and read it and as did the engineers and everybody find it quite useful and interesting. It's not just a case of taking the cat now, they're actually trying to turn the alarms off as well. So it's uh, interesting times. As I say, it's, it's right for the engineers to question those, but it's good that we have those examples and un understand that. Just educating people at the moment, really, that this is happening.
you know, that kind of information sharing is, is gold within the industry, really, because there's no manual for these kind of things. When one experiences it, you probably, if you hadn't have known, you'd invest a lot of energy toing and throwing back and back between yourself and the engineer and trying to figure out what on earth's going on. So, you know, I'm sure you've saved many hours from others there in terms of if, if they see the same thing. And I think that's great. And that's, you know, one of the sort of perks or, or great things about this industry is, that, you know, people share information and it saves everyone ultimately time and energy in the long run. Moving kind of back, I suppose, jumping a little bit around now, but back into the industry as such, there's been obviously a, a lot of reshaping of the industry you know, in previous months and at present, you know, none more so visibly than if you like the Nationwide and the, and the Ready Northgate acquisition there. What does a wider industry look like to you at present and how are you Autotech Group preparing for the future? I suppose you mentioned Ready and Northgate. Uh, that's had a big impact on so many people. You know, it's, it's had a slight impact on us because we've done some work for FMG and Auxilis, but it was only a small percentage of what we do. It was uh, sad to see so many people get made redundant, so many sites close. I suppose there's a lot of work providers that are have a strategy of having their own body shop network, really. I suppose what's interesting is good to see body shops opening this year. You know, even during the pandemic, there's been quite a few body shops opening, which has been great. I prefer to see more body shops open than more closed, really. You know, there's a lot of people that lost their jobs within what happened nationwide. I suppose it's been interesting as well seeing work providers have sold body shops, so that the like of LV and so on. That looks quite good that they've, you know, they're, they're supporting the body shops and they're solely doing work for that particular work provider. Where is it all going to go? You've got AGL now that's building their own network. Direct Line's been building their network and haven't made a secret of that. And I think they've been doing it right. You know, they've been slowly building it up. You can't do that too quick. And I think it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years how, how, that, how that plans out, really. But, you know, at the end of it all, I'm sure there'll be plenty of work for all of us, hopefully. You know, we just need to concentrate on performing for our work providers, looking after our customers and continuing to do what we do best, really. Hopefully we can all see, that, see this through. It's been a difficult time. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Next few years is going to be a very interesting time in terms of the reshaping, reshuffling that, that's in the market. But as you say, plenty of work so, to go around for everyone. And in terms yeah. of auto tech yourselves, everyone kind of has half an eye on the groups and the automatic assumption is that you acquire, you continue to grow and grow. Is that so with auto tech and what, what's next on the cards for yourselves? Certainly possible, but certainly won't be doing anything at the moment. You know, we'll be seeing this year out and we'll sit down next year and look at the strategy for next year, really. We can't really plan too far ahead at the moment because things change quite quickly at the moment. You know, we're in lockdown at the moment. We're due to come out at the start of December. Are we going to come out? Is it going to get extended? It's a week by week approach, really. All we want to do is continue to work with the work providers and the customers and just keep keep delivering, really. We've done a lot of work this year with Autoflow and developing the tech and the process and what we do having a paperless business. We use Autoflow's capacity planner to plan work in. So to pre-estimate, pre-order parts, get and get the car repaired quite quickly with with minimum downtime really. We want to make sure cars are moving and they're not sitting parked for days on end. And I think the important thing is that we there is a plan. It's on the computer. It's it's all in the management system. I've seen it in the past where there's no plan and we'll stack them high, <laughs> you know, body shops can stack them high out in the car park on top of each other. And that's a sign of, yeah, we're busy. We've got plenty of work. We're not really into 
moving 10 cars to get one car out to repair, you know, it doesn't make any sense really. But, you know, we have a plan, we have a process, you know, we've got our big screens on the wall that we're working on. You know, we're continuing to develop our people and, and bringing them on and improving our management structure. Jackie Jones is heading up our training academy. Training and development of, of staff is quite important to us. We just want to build on our the already strong foundation that we have in place, really. If an opportunity comes up next year, certainly we'll look at it as long as it fits within what we're doing. And Duncan's not in a rush to go out there look, looking for the next body shop. You know, we've certainly got enough to do at the moment. And that's very good news indeed. You've got to stick by your own plan and, you know, manage your own business because it's, uh, I'm sure it can be quite easy to get distracted when you're looking around you and seeing everything that's perhaps going on with others. But again, these things don't happen overnight. These have probably been in their, in their pipelines for years and it just so happens that things are taking place um, at this time. So, uh, so great stuff, Aidan. Really good to catch up with you. Okay, so we'll just move on to the quick fire question round, uh, which um, well tends to draw out some interesting uh, answers from people. So if you weren't heading up Autotech Group right now, you would be? I wouldn't be anywhere else. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> I tell you what, if Duncan's listening to this. Honestly, I wouldn't be anywhere else. I, don't, I, I, I couldn't see myself anywhere else or doing anything else. I just love what I do. I love the people I work with. And it's just a, a fantastic business. So there's, yeah, that's the only way I could answer that question, Mark. Sorry. Stop it. You're making me well up. I thought with your Brazil connection or mention early on and your footballing ability, I thought you were going to tell me you'd be on a beach somewhere playing five-a-side football. Alas, football. not. No, definitely not. No. <laughs> right. So what's the best bit of business advice you've ever heard, seen or received? I suppose the one for me was was Richard Branson, basically, and he said that employ people who are smarter smarter than you and who are better than you, which is tough. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that's what I try and do, basically. You know, just surround myself with great people that's good at what they do. You know, if, if Richard Branson was big enough to say it and, and, and work with that strategy, then I think that's good enough for me, really. I think he's done okay with that strategy. He's done all right, I think. So yeah, yeah, he's done okay. <laughs> And finally, self-driving vehicles for you, yes or no, and why? Definitely yes at the moment, because obviously I haven't been able to drive for seven weeks. I've probably got another three or four weeks without driving. So I could have done with a self-driving car to get to, get to and from work and everywhere else. It's an interesting one. You know, I definitely support technology and and. You know, cars have come a long way in this past sort of 25 years from well, certainly from I was working on them but I'd like the roads to be safer but I want to make sure that we've got enough work <laughs> in the industry really it's, it's an interesting one I don't know how that one's going to pan out is it going to affect what we do so I suppose that they're, they're expecting it to expecting it to reduce accidents but you know if there's a small percentage of self-driving vehicles out there and the rest are all normal. We're still going to have accidents. So yes, I'm, I'm for it, but I think it's just interesting to see what happens over the next few years and with regards to that technology and, and legislation. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, our individual opinions uh, might not uh, fare too importantly or high up the uh, priority list when it comes to all the money being ploughed into it, the development of it and the, and the safety enhancements it can make. But very, very interesting one to observe as we go. So uh, thank you very much, Aidan, for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and wish you, A, a speedy recovery on the old Achilles. And of course, uh, all the very best to yourself and, and the team there at Autotech Group. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'll speak to you soon. Absolute pleasure, my friend. Catch up with you soon. 
So there you have it, Aidan giving us the full insight into his own career to date and the journey he's enjoyed since joining Autotech Group. Without question, 2020 has proved a challenge, but it's great to hear that the business has re-emerged more agile and arguably better placed than it was before. Let's see what the future brings, and I wish Aidan and all the team there every success in the future. Huge thank you, as always, to our corporate partners, BASF, BMS, CAPS, Copart, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Merca, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, S&G Response and Sherwin-Williams Automotive Finishes, as well as our partners Aztec, the Green Parts Specialist, Indasa, the Innovation Group and Prasco. You've been listening to the ARC360 podcast. We look forward to catching up with you again soon.